Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. The content of this radio show is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health professional with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Welcome to One Soul Radio, an interactive conscious conversation grounded in psychology and inspired by spirit with Steve Hassenberg and Kelly Alpert. Welcome, everybody, to One Soul Radio here on Unity Online Radio. We're so glad to be here with you. This is a show for you and by you, a virtual community creating conscious conversation and the opportunity to have a place to delve a little deeper into life than you may have to, uh, the opportunity to do on your own. We are the show that is grounded in psychology and inspired by spirit, offering you a perspective from both worlds at the same time that you might be hard-pressed to find anywhere else. So I'm Callie Alpert here in Long Island today with my dear friend and co-host and spiritual psychotherapist, Steve Hastenberg. Hello, Callie. Hello. How are you? I wanted to say first that I know you feel the same way. Our hearts go out to people through the Midwest and especially in Texas. With, we have some friends there and we were talking to them. And uh, they didn't have heat for two nights. Yeah. And uh, just enough wood in the fireplace for about four hours. Mm. We're wrapped in blankets. Uh, it's just been a misery for those people. Yeah, it's been Mother Nature's been speaking loudly on so many levels, especially this last year. And when things get even um, more pronounced and these really major nat natural disasters or crises happen, um, our thoughts are definitely with everybody, for sure. So thank you for saying that right out of the gate. So today, uh, we pose the question, dear listeners, are you on a spiritual path? <laughs> Which sounds like a nice loaded question. Or at least are you trying to be on a spiritual path? Well, the odds are, if you're listening right now, you are. Have you had experiences of your higher divine self? Do you know what that even feels like? And then what about the opposite of that? Do you know what um, your ego feels like? Are you in touch with what it means when you're acting from ego? Do you catch yourself in all kinds of ways that ego plays a role in our daily lives, be it feeling reactive, wanting to prove you're right, coming from a place that might not be so loving, feeling fear, hopelessness, all the categories that fit into our, our earthly ego selves. So with rare exception, I would say most of us humans are in a constant dance between our divine heavenly self and our human ego self. So today, our show, what we are calling the big eye and the little eye, and our goal is to help you strike a balance so you can live the most spiritually integrated version of yourself every day, right? I'd like to do that. Would you like to do that? I'm so yeah. glad. I'm so excited about hearing the, what you're going to say. <laughs> I was hoping you could help me with my with my issues. <laughs> um, if you'd like to join the conversation, we'd love to hear from you. Please call us at 816-251-3555. We are here to listen, to hear stories, um, receive any observations, and definitely try to give you whatever guidance we can. So let's start with the definition of what we call, and this is not original, I definitely stole this from somewhere, um, but the idea of big eye and little eye. Where did you steal it from? You know, I was trying to remember today, but in some, I'll try to think of it by the end of the show, uh -huh. I don't recall, but in some pretty popular spiritual luminaries readings or teachings <laughs> somewhere, you know, something uh -huh. I picked up, um, uh, and I'm pretty sure it's somebody that's like pretty recognizable name, I just, I'll have to figure out who. Um, so let's talk a little bit first about why this, we think this topic is important and, um, the need to recognize both of these sides of ourself and, and how to recognize. Would you like me to comment on that? Sure. <laughs> um, this is a, the word dance is a good one mm -hmm. because without the higher self or without the spirit that we are, we wouldn't even have an ego. 
it's the spirit or pure consciousness or higher self that supports the ego, that supports the personality, that precedes the personality. And so we come into this life and the ego is developed for a very important reason. And that is to have individual ex and unique experiences as a separate little I. <laughs> and see, now this is where um, I, I in, until we, well, I mean, I, I'm half joking when I, when I say this, but when we were doing a pre-production for this show, you were very, you were a pro-egoer. You were I definitely pro-ego. Pro and it's That's something. That's because my ego is so big. Yeah, right. As, yeah, well, we'll get into that later and just how little ego you probably have left floating around there in that body of yours. Um, but it's definitely, it's interesting because when I think of the word ego, um, I think of all the ways that it shows up in ways that I don't embrace or in ways that I'm always trying to transcend so that I can be, you know, a, a bigger, more enlightened person. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's um, it really brought me back down to earth, even in the last few days, listening to you talk about the pro ego piece uh -huh. and why it's significant before we get into the parts that we can you know work on and balance. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, we have we come to the earth experience, if I can use that word, in order to have a very unique adventure. And. Every individual has a unique adventure here, <laughs> don't they? Yes, or perhaps a three-wing circus. There's so many <laughs> metaphors, and yes, that too. All kinds of problems of arise, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying that the ego is important because it's only through having an ego um, that we can actually move toward the spirit in an integrated way. I see ego experience as something very profound and very holy. Um, I don't think that the soul makes a mistake to bring us here as individuals. Mm. That we have to be individuals first before we can be everything. Mm. And so the individuality that we have can get us in trouble. It's certainly gotten me in trouble a lot. Right. Yeah, when we're really attached to our individuality, you mean? Or when yeah, we're attached to our identities, maybe is a better way to say it? Attached to our identities because ego is very much of a control freak and also a defender. And it defends against all kinds of issues that come up because it wants us to be solid. It wants us to be uh, solvent. And... Um, my feeling about the ego is that, and we'll get into this more during the program, is that it's something that really needs to be embraced more. Mm. It has a bad name. Mm -hmm. <laughs> ego gets a bad rap. Doesn't it? Yeah, that'll be one of our bumper stickers. And so if we can integrate the ego with the higher self, yeah. with some of the higher frequencies... We come to live what's called, and many spiritual masters have talked about this, a condition of heaven on earth, where we have an equal portion of being, an equal portion of timelessness, and an equal portion of living and walking through time. Well, I think that sounds like a fine idea. <laughs> As you know, because you know me well, I am obsessed with transcending ego I'm, I'm saying this to be open and honest not out of pride <laughs> um that often i get in my own way with my acceptance of the more earthly pieces of me um not that i'm not i think i'm a pretty self-accepting person by nature done a lot of work around that but at the same time i have such a hunger and desire to feel the higher places more often that i forget everything that you're saying here. So I think it's really important to remember that both to start um, our show as we establish this topic today, that both have deep significance. Yeah, we're looking for, and this is something that's important in terms of our show. I think every topic that we take up, we're looking for an integration. Mm -hmm. We're looking for a balance. And we're looking for ways of integrating spirituality into our daily life. 
with the psychological bent. With a psychological bent. Mm -hmm. The different, and it, that really is, it's the hybrid between spirit and earth. Right. So herein lies our show today. So let's talk a little bit, um, this I thought was really a, an interesting thing to point out too, and could really help because it kind of brings it down to um, just an easy way to notice where we are in our days as we try to get a little bit more in touch with both of these sides of ourselves is the difference in the vibration of, of both. You know, there's often times where I'm just feeling like having a really miserable time of something or a rough few weeks, as I have actually, February has been a real bear for me. Um, and so I've gotten so into my reactions of just what's going on in my earthling self that I've even forgotten that I'm in a low vibration. I'm so sucked in, I'm kind of caught in it. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's important to maybe help our listeners distinguish establish that there is a it, that the feeling is different right that when you're in a low vibration when you're in fear when you're in ego um in a way again that's uh that where you're caught in it when you're not happily balanced and in good relationship with it which we will aspire to get to um today is that it um it feels like you're contracted. It feels like your body's tight. You hold all kinds of icky energy in different body parts. Um, you might, you know, your moods obviously are different. And then everyone can identify those little moments, whether they happen frequently or infrequently, where you have those glimpses of high vibration, right? Where you're more open, more expansive. I'm even trying to sit up straight as I say these words. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like noticing my body's all crouched. Um, but where your vibration feels higher and you feel more in touch with uh, all as well and that you're one with a larger thing. When you're in a low vibration or in more ego, you feel more separate, you feel lonelier, you feel, you forget that there's a larger thing going on. You forget your spiritual side, would you say? Yeah, and that's a continuum. So it's an infinite kind of continuum between feeling absolutely low and feeling absolutely high. And we move in that in increments in that, that kind of scale. There's a wonderful quote from, I got it in India somewhere, that the world is as you are. Mm. And I always love that quote, because it's what you're talking about, Callie. The idea that you get up one morning and the world is just a rainy, foggy, miserable place. And you kind of feel wet and, and ornery. And another day you can get up and feel high as a kite and want to go out hiking and all of that. Mm -hmm. And all of that is to say that it's based on frequencies. It's based on vibration. And the higher self is a higher vibration the lower self is a lower vibration, or the ego, part of the ego self, is a lower vibration. And the higher self, that vibration is more subtle. And because it's more subtle, it's harder to hold on to. Whereas the lower vibration is very dense, and it's hard to get rid of. Yeah, it's a, yes, yes, amen, keep going. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, right? well, not amen, because it's not fun. Um, and <laughs> no. we'll get into the ways to deal with all this. But go ahead. I wanted to hear the rest of your thought. Well, the idea that it, it's why it's difficult to hold on to these more delicious places, the places of freedom, the places of joy, the places of love. They're harder to hold on to because they're more subtle. And it's easier for our attention to be pulled and seduced and manipulated by difficult circumstances, which we feel are punishment often. Mm, right. And, and then we feel stuck, like we're walking through concrete. And how do I get... This is my own experience. Yeah, so well, you're, you're speaking you, my language on certain days, so keep going. It's very poetic. Right? And yeah, so the, it's true. Uh, it's, it's descriptive. I, I feel like I'm walking through concrete or other times I felt like I was walking through molasses and I couldn't get out of it. Yeah. And so this is the distinction between higher frequencies and lower frequencies. The other thing for me too, is that as I've uh, been in my spiritual path for the last, I would say, I don't know, three decades probably, 
um, that often I felt like spirituality and the, you know, the aspirational feeling of it was that I was just, I was continually walking around waiting to get hit by lightning bolts, like upside the head, uh-huh. that there were going to be like rainbows and fairy, that it was going to be loud, you know? Yes. And I've learned, even though I still don't accept it all the time, that the subtlety piece is a really important piece that the godlike part and the higher essence piece comes in small little ways and whispers and little breezes across your cheek, figuratively speaking. Um, nice. And then that, that's very poetic. Too, you like that? Yeah, I was yeah. trying to keep up with you. I'm glad you like that. So if you're just joining us, you're listening to One Soul Radio here on Unity Online Radio. We are talking about our big eye and our little eye, also known as the difference between our higher essence, our spiritual ride, and our earthling ego ride, and all the things that keep us caught and earthbound every day. And first of all, before we get to the integration and how to um, how to better achieve that, we're just establishing the um, how to recognize both and what each feels like, and that it's just worthy of noticing. That's the first thing: is to take a breath and notice, right? <laughs> so I think we actually have a caller. Let's see if I can. Hi, caller. Are you there? Yes. Good afternoon. How are you? Hi. Doing well. What's your name and where are you calling from? My name is Gloria and I'm calling from Michigan. And hello to both of you. Hello. Thank you hello. for joining us. Um, I just want to get your opinion, both of you. I've been seeing the numbers like 1111 and 2222, so on and so forth, all the way up to 1212. And I was wondering, I mean, I know some sort of a sign, but what is it like going to mean? I saw it for a while back in October, and um, I kept seeing it. And then my mom passed away on Christmas Day. Mm. And then it kind of went faded away. Thank you. It faded uh-huh. away, not seeing it as much, but now it's coming back like three, four times a day. Mm. So I was wondering, does that have any what, meaning? What do you think it means before we tell you what we think it means? Well, what I think it means, again, I, I've been trying, I, you know, I've been watching Suzanne Giesman and following her and, and uh, another, his name is Sadhguru on YouTube. I, I guess it means like you're, I'm on the right path, if you will. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, I, I've been asking for guidance and uh, I, I'm trying to figure out what it, what people mean when they say I am. And I still haven't gotten to that. But again, I, I just, I think maybe that I'm getting a sign that I'm on the right path. Mm. You want to start or would you like me to? No, I'm happy to chime in here. Um, the first thing that comes to me and my wife is very interested in the 1111 and the 1212 and uh, she sees it differently than i do she sees it as a portal to the spiritual world and i see it as a reminder that it's a remind i see it as a reminder from our soul that it's your moment to really look inward and start working with the energies inside of you that are spiritual. And the more that you see it, the more it's a reminder. And I think you're already doing this because that's what you've been saying. It's my time to really know God. It's my time to know spirit. It's my time to integrate these energies into my daily life. So that's how I see it. Does that connect for you? Do you feel like um, in, in the course of your day, do you feel like you're more in touch with your higher divine self and or your more ego earth self? Have you noticed? I'm going to be honest with you. Since I was young, I was always, I knew something. There's got to be more. I was always, you know, right. curious. Why Why are we here? This is. There's got to be more to this life than this. The whole nine yards, the normal protocol. But ever since my mom's passed on, I've been trying to remove the veil, as they say, connect with yes. my mom. I have a very, very close tie with my mom. And mm. that's, and then I've been seeing, again, the 333s, 222, 444. Yeah. I wake up in the middle of the night, like this morning. I woke up, and I mind you, I have six kids. Three, two are disabled. 
So I really rarely get sleep. So when I went to sleep, I woke up three, three, three in the morning, and then mm. twelve, twelve in the afternoon. I'm looking to see what time it is to feed my daughter by tube, and it's twelve, twelve. I'm like, wow, you know, I'm thinking. Yes. But when my mom passed away, I think it is a negative sign, kind of like I'm getting a warning. Something's about to happen. Yeah, I don't know. So from my experience. Uh... I kind of am on the same page with um, Steve and his references that both he and his wife have um, that, that he shared about um, both his, his his perception and his wife's relationship with the numbers. And I've had a lot of uh, deep experiences with all of this as well. And I um, I do believe in, in all the reading that I've done about it, that first of all, you can look it up. There are certain numbers that um, that more specifically ref- reflect certain things. Um, whether you believe that or not, whether it matters which numbers it is, is you know up to your discretion. But you can do a little more, you know, uh, research even online about it. But I would probably interpret it as um, as maybe more of an opening and more of a, a portal than worrying that it's a sign or something that's negative. I, I sense that that's not the case, nor have I ever really heard it, you know. And finally, I would just say that as somebody who, um, when I lost uh, somebody, a boyfriend of mine, very very dear to me, um, many years ago. Um, you know, I was very hungry to have communication with him. And the more I hung on to it, the more I desired it, the less it happened. And I promise you that the more you um, just try to keep yourself open and trusting that it will when it's supposed to, it does. If we had the time and this, it was that kind of show today, we could regale you with lots of stories. But he's been in constant communication for almost 20 years now when I'm open and receptive. So your mom is your mom's with you. And I would also just follow up the 333 in numerology is the master number. It's also mm-hmm. called the Christ consciousness number. And so all of these things are coming to you from a place of goodness, right. a place of godliness, a place of pure spirit. And it's a recognition of you and where you are and also where you can be. So I think it's a beautiful thing that's happening to you. Yeah, your mom could very well have something to do with it, perhaps. Perhaps. I just, uh, quick, last question, I promise I don't mean to take a lot of your time. You said research. I did research, but there's so many links. Could you, both of you, please recommend a certain site or something? Steve I, Steve might have one. I don't. My my first answer that comes when you ask that question is um, is is ask yourself, if you're feeling over inundated with all the, you know, re, um, all the actual information that you're reading and it doesn't feel like you can tell which is reliable and what's not, I would say take it in and ask yourself. But Steve might have a more. Well, question. the only other thing I would say is look for some good reviews on really, really good numerology books and get one from Amazon. And I'm sure it will um, give you some really good insight. Thank you both. I hope you have a wonderful new year. Thank you so much. Blessings. Thank you so much for calling. We appreciate your thoughts. And I appreciate all of you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. So with our remaining moments in the first half of the show, if you're just joining us, you're here with One Soul Radio. We are talking about how what we refer to as the big eye and the little eye, being in touch with our divine self and being in touch with our ego self. We're going to get to that more um, in the second half of the show, how we own both of these sides and how we integrate them. What we should probably talk about um, just right now quickly is the spiritual bypass, right? The escapism piece, Mm -hmm. which I think is um, very, very common and very understandable, which is when we, some people would say, skip steps, right? When you're feeling pain or discomfort or challenges, and the first thing you want to do is say, oh, it's meant to be and go with the flow and I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be or whatever, you know, or just not feel it and go to a spiritual default mechanism. It's not that those that those um, phrases are not true. I think they're all extremely true and valid. It's just if you're going to go right to that place rather than letting yourself feel the feelings, you might be acting in a way that's counterintuitive. Yeah, I mean, it's a delicate balance. Because in in some way, we want to have a higher view. Right. And then in another way, we want to um, really feel that what's occurring in our life, the circumstances and the events and the destiny has a purpose. And so the purpose is not for us to run from it. It's not? (laughs) 
I just wanted to make sure I understood what you were talking about. Go ahead. Yeah, the purpose is not to run from it, but to gather ourselves, to step back, to gather insight, to understand that it's coming either as an initiation that we're not familiar with or as a gift. And we can talk more about that at break. But the idea is not to run from anything, to live it fully, and at the same time try to understand what's going on from a higher perspective. So both of those working together in balance, I would say, is the way to travel. Right. And it's normal. I mean, it's human behavior that none of us really want to run toward pain. Well, some people might have some, you know, some tendencies towards struggle or mishigas, as we might say in Yiddish. Um, but it's it's really amazing how much we uh, we tend to run away from all that rather than look at it as an opportunity. And so when we come back from the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about the opportunity uh, to embrace the unpleasantries of life, to find ways to find them as holy, and to do more integrating with our divine selves. We're also going to take more callers, and uh, we'll be right back. Thank you. Practical spirituality. Positive messages. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to One Soul Radio with Steve Hassenberg and Kelly Alpert. <laughs> Chuckling because we have our, our commercial um, conversations, which are which are fun as well. Uh, welcome back to One Soul Radio here on Unity Online Radio. <laughs> we are talking about our divine selves and our earthbound ego selves and what the difference is between them, how to notice them, and very soon we'll talk more about the integration, how to really bring these two sides together so that we're not they're not duking, duking each other out. Um, my name is Callie Alpert. I'm here with spiritual psychotherapist Steve Hassenberg. And if you'd like to join the conversation, please call us. Call us. We love to hear from callers. 816-251-3555. I see we do have somebody on hold. Uh, we will get to in just a moment. And I think um, we wanted to talk a little bit. We were talking about spiritual bypass before the break, how it's really um, important and how we encourage everybody to remember to feel and experience and go through what you're what you're experiencing, right? That the more you run away, the more you avoid it. To kind of spiritualize things away um, is only going to prolong the process. I'm thinking about John Edward, the psychic medium that I worked with um, many years ago, which was in and of itself a very profound experience. But I remember once because people are so hungry when um, they lose loved ones that everybody, you know, the next day wants to channel a message, which is a very understandable thing. And he would say he had a time frame before which he would even read for someone, but he always talked about how you can't skip steps. So you can't skip steps to get to spirituality. You've got to go through the human piece, which is really what you were saying before the break. They say in Tibet only through the ordinary mind you get to the extraordinary mind. And so the ordinary mind is the mind of ego, the mind of separation, the mind of unique individuality, and the mind of unique experiences. And through processing those well, day after day, month after month, and year after year, you can acquire more and more spirituality and to live in both worlds. Yeah, that's really, um, it, it's a great reminder. I need that anchor, that reminder that all of everything is holy. Everything that we experience is part of the spiritual process. And it's not about transcending it. It's about walking through it and making peace with it. We're going to get to that in a moment. Shall we take another caller? Yes. We love our callers. It. Let's do we that. We do. We love everyone. 
Hello, caller. What is your name and where are you calling from today? Hi, I'm Jan and I'm calling from Los Angeles. Hello. Hi. Hi. Do you so have a question, question or comment or something you'd like to share with us? I, I, I do. I have a question. In the, you know, when we're going through the day-to-day things that we go through and we're not in that higher eye, is there a way to get to it? Is there um, a technique? How do how do I be in touch with that higher eye? That big eye. I think Jen might have just gotten taken away on a beautiful yeah, I know, right? wave of wind. <laughs> Did you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Yes, we can hear okay. you. Thank you for the question. Okay. So your, your question is, uh, is there a way, are there techniques or ways to access the larger eye, the more divine piece of um, our, our spiritual piece? Perfect. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Well, uh, I'm going to say a couple of things that you already or you may already know, and that is a daily meditation practice, a daily mindfulness practice, a daily yoga practice. Those would be things we know. So then I'll follow with something we don't know, maybe. Um, Every single person is penetrated by spirit. I mentioned this in the beginning of the program, that we wouldn't be alive except for spirit, except for pure consciousness, except for consciousness itself. And so we're penetrated um, by consciousness throughout the day. And there are moments in our day, and I, I ask everybody to do this as an experiment, There are moments in our day when we're overtaken by something, and it could be very subtle. It could be the breeze against our face. It could be seeing a squirrel in the park. It could be looking at a baby's smile. Something overtakes us, and all of a sudden, perhaps we feel a little bit more free, a little happier, a little bit more unlimited, a little joyous. And what I would say to do is to stop, take time and savor that experience. And what I have found is if you savor the experience over time, that spirituality starts to grow in you. So you begin to notice you begin to notice it as you go through your day. Mm-hmm. And so that's a beautiful thing to start working with. Do you do things like that, Jen? Like, do you are you um, somebody who notices where which which side of this continuum you're on in any given point in, in your day? Absolutely. I mean, that completely resonates. I get that. So it's it's really savoring it when it shows up for us. And it's savoring. Yes, it's savoring uh-huh. it when it shows up for us. And savoring is not a word we usually use, except when we're talking about wine. Or chocolate. <laughs> or, or chocolate. Right? <laughs> yeah. And so we could even savor life. We tend uh-huh. to run through it. We're so busy running uh-huh. that we don't savor it. And yet there's something in savoring it that's waiting for us patiently to come back home and so there are these moments of coming back home that if you begin to practice easily and gently every day you begin to kind of build and gather more spirituality around you Mm. and i would say that is part of um like you said that is it is a daily practice you know i mean this is something that I, i referred to this earlier in the show i've always waited for moments of divinity to slap me upside the head with angels singing and harps playing and rainbows and all that kind of thing. And I'm someone who I'm, I'm lucky in that I can, even if I'm in the worst mood or in some very challenged state, um, can really feel just like the right glimpse from a baby on the street or the way a snowflake falls or the way a tree sways in the wind or whatever it might be can really be medicine. You know, I say like you bottle it, you, you kind of, you do, you savor that moment and you try to grow it inside your body. 
and hope that that muscle starts to develop or that there is a cumulative, you know, effect. Um, I find myself, though, having to still remember because I don't a lot of the time. So even if I'm working hard and need, you know, a moment to step outside just to get some air, I'll make a point of looking at the way a certain bird chirps or, you know, a flower sways or whatever it is that turns you on that, you know, that gets your attention. But it, it's it's part of a daily practice until it starts coming more naturally. And like Steve said, you start getting bigger waves of it. Yeah, yeah. Or the way a hummingbird, I, I, I have a hummingbird feeder outside my house. And I just <laughs> love the way they dip their tiny little beaks in that hole. They're just so amazing, so tiny and, and mighty. Yeah, thank mm. you. Thank you. That's yeah. great. That's a great reminder. Thank you. Thank you so thank much you for calling. Too. We appreciate your call okay. and your thoughts. Thank you very much. I appreciate you being there. Thank you. Thank you. So let's talk a little bit more. This is this is where I um, this is where I go cold a lot of the time. Is the finding holiness in the tough stuff? You talk about this a lot, um, and also just to add to um, Jan's question and and our response, you often talk about how you take these moments of divinity and string them together. Right. As if you have like a pearl, each one represents a pearl and you string it together into a pearl necklace. It's a way to sort of mentally and psychically collect these energies and these moments so that they start to um, magnify. I think collect is a wonderful word because we're we're collecting life. We're collecting experience. And, you know, you could do a survey of what you're basically collecting. Are you collecting all the people that oppose you politically? Are you collecting all the reasons that you don't like your mother or your father or your sister or your brother? Are you collecting all the reasons that human beings are interconnected? Uh, What we collect is such an important thing. And usually we're collecting things unconsciously. And so I would say it would be interesting to start collecting things consciously. If you want to change your life and have it more integrated, then you would start collecting things consciously. That would be similar to our gratitude list Mm -hmm. from our last show. Uh, Keeping a list, when you keep lists of gratitude that remind you day after day of the goodness about your life, rather than the dreads of your life, every day you can make a beautiful decision about what's important to you and what path you want to go on. And so this, this decision-making as a human being is very, very important. So I would say we all have this capacity to make decisions to kind of inspire us or deplete us and why not inspire yourself more? But it takes yeah. a little work. It does. It takes a little work and it takes a lot of work depending on your conditioning, depending on what your, you know, your story narratives are that you either come into this life with karmically or that you're, you know, dealing with from this lifetime familially, whatever, you know, whatever jibes for you in terms of what you believe in. Um, and it is so I, what, what I'm hearing you say is that it is a it's a it's a decision that we can make that it's always within our power, always within our control to make. I mean, you, you hear these, conver- these uh, so many uh, motivational speakers and psychologists and spiritual types and everybody talking about how your thoughts create and how you can choose this positive way and positive thinking and all this. But I do think there's still um, a balance where you have to also find the space to honor your feelings, which might preclude noticing these beautiful moments. And they often do preclude it. Right. And so then what are the feelings asking for? They're asking to be known more. Right. They're really saying to you, you don't know me enough. You don't know what's motivating me. But I know what's motivating me, and I'm trying to get you to wake up. Mm, Come and take me out for a drink. (laughs) Get to know me a little bit better. 
Right. Yeah. It's such a, it's such, you talk about this a lot and it's such a powerful perspective, the idea of getting to know all these parts of us that we really <laughs> try to push away as human beings that are reflexive. And that's again, where the ego comes in. It's, it's our first tendency is no, I don't want to feel this. I don't want to experience this. And you're saying, turn it all upside down and get to love it. Because the faster you get to love it, the more, the, the wider the portal opens to higher at, places. At least, at least start with a curiosity. Mm that there's something important about what's happening, <clears throat> not something irrelevant. So we often think, well, it's if it's a painful and not a pleasurable thing, I'm going to avoid it. But the painful things are bringing messages as well, and they're important messages. What do you say to people, though? I mean, there's people in severe pain in so many ways on this planet every day, and it's only gotten more compounded in this last year. But people are suffering in very deep degrees all the time. Right. So how do you, what do you say to one of them? Well, about look at it as holy and embrace it, and, you know, it's a process. Well, I'm going to say something that may be difficult to understand. Whatever an individual is going through, is profound and unique to them. I have been through difficult situations. And in retrospect, not necessarily in the moment, <laughs> but in retrospect, I've realized that there have been very profound things that I've gone through that have been arduous obstacles that have served me very well. So because they've served me, I feel they serve everyone. Yeah. I don't think I'm any different than anybody else. Yeah. But we have to get to a place sometimes after it happens, sometimes in the middle of it happening, when we begin to have ability to have insight. That's the trick is to do it when in the middle of it. That's that's uh, to find holiness and beauty inside of uh, challenges when you're in them is um, real grace and reverence. You know, the, the word reverence came to me before um, the show today in thinking about this part of um, our, our topic, the idea of uh, surrendering into, because I have issues with this, as you know, the resistance thing where it's not my, you know, it's not a natural default mechanism to lean into time, uh, trying situations. And it is, I don't think it is for anybody, Callie. Yeah, it probably. I want to get you off the hook. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I think it comes more naturally for some people than others for a variety of different reasons, their mm -hmm. DNA, their programming, their practice, whatever it may be. Um, but the idea of, I think it, it's an interesting experiment if, if we were all to look at d difficult times when we're really stuck in ego and the earthbound stuff that really makes it harder to get to our higher places and just uh, took a minute to look at this situation or relationship or whatever it might be with reverence and opportunity. Uh, it could be a really interesting way for people to shift. And to also remember, nothing is brought to you that you can't handle. Mm, exactly. It may feel that way. It may taste that way. It may <laughs> smell that way. But in truth, it's being brought to you by your soul for your highest good. And I had to learn that painfully. We've got, I think we have somebody else on hold here. Caller, are you there? Can we have your name and where you're calling from? Yes, hi. My name is um, Nara. I'm calling from London. Um, and I have indeed a question for Steve. Um, because indeed it's a very, very interesting question between uh, these uh, two eyes. Um, but as adults, I think we have um, a better chance to acknowledge uh, in uh, this existence. My question would be uh, rather targeting the um, younger souls. Um, and would you have any uh, recommendation on how to uh, maybe stimulate or invite um, a child to be conscious of this and to actually grow um, up in, into more um, uh, conscious and uh, responsible adult? Thank you for your question. Just so you know, we can't hear you that well. It might be that you have to pull your um, yourself away from your microphone or your phone. But I did. I was able to um, capture your question. I'll relay it to Steve. Um, she's asking if uh, that she's she's saying that it's it's easier when you're an adult or if you have a little sense of consciousness um, and you've had an opportunity to practice or awaken 
to note it, to, to be aware of the fact that there is a, um, a difference between your big eye and your little eye. And she's asking if there's a way to broach that with um, children in terms of consciousness or becoming a little bit more awake. How old is the child? Uh, it's my daughter and she's seven years old. Seven years old. So, you know, I would say there are wonderful books. Neil Donald Walsh, Mm. who wrote uh, Conversations with God, and you may know who that is, wrote a lovely child's book, children's book, about introducing spirit uh, to young children. And uh, I remember reading it with my daughter, and we both loved it so much. So that would be one way. Uh, The other way is kind of different, which is, it's your example. It's, It's the example of parents so often that give birth to spirit in children. I remember when I was, I'd been meditating and my daughter was four years old. And I was in a bad mood one day. And she said, Daddy, go meditate. (laughs) And so she understood that I was meditating in order to find a certain kind of inner peace. And then she wanted to learn to meditate. And she, she begged me over and over, please teach me to meditate. And I finally gave her a mantra. And she was so happy about that. So sometimes it's the examples that we set as parents that allow children to really have a sense that there's something else besides what I'm experiencing. Mm-hmm. I would add to the, the modeling piece because I'm even thinking of um, how I learned about meditation was from watching my mother disappear into her room twice a day when we were children and us begging her to share what her, you know, this top secret mantra that she had. But I have friend, I don't have children. Um, but I have a lot of friends with um, kids that have taught the meditation and yoga at very early ages. And it's really because they want to mirror, they want to hang out with their mom or their dad. And they want to also mirror or model what, um, what they're being, what they're seeing because there's something exotic or interesting. So I would venture to say that there probably doesn't have to be a very deep understanding um, at the beginning so much as just, the exercise and the practice. Would you agree, Steve? Yeah, the, also the David Lynch Foundation has been teaching yeah. meditation, which I, the type of meditation that I've taught all these years, which is transcendental meditation. And they have, from kindergarten on, programs for kids to learn meditation in the school system. So it's been going, and I'm sure you can find some, um, some ways to... Um, inspire your child about that does this help you yes yes completely and and indeed it's a very um good um suggestion to actually initiate her because indeed i was taking this time more as my intimate time to find myself um um together with uh, with my inner um eye um but um yes i think you're absolutely right because it's not only in this but in all aspects of life children need to have some form of model and uh, they they shape themselves around uh, these form of references so yes thank you so much Thank you so much for Thank calling. So and much. what a be- what a more beautiful what better more beautiful gift can you give a kid than um, teaching them to model something that um, that brings them a, a practice a spiritual practice you know right. so beautiful question. Thank you for that. So in our remaining moments, we're going to get to our action steps here. Ways to help to integrate a little bit more between the uh, ego self and the divine heavenly self. First one is simply to notice when you may be spiritually bypassing when you're when you're inclined to run from an experience in the name of spirituality, perhaps you can catch yourself in those moments and just sit, take a breath, meditate, notice, look in the mirror, write it down, whatever it is. Um, But just to create some space so that you're aware and that you're not being as reflexive about running. Um, Second one, to have self-compassion and to temper the pressure to be spiritually perfect. I'm really good at that part. The pressure Which, to be spiritual, not the. You, you try to be perfect, Kelly. <laughs> uh, the self-compassion definitely has gotten has grown also in the in in recent years. I'm happy to report, but the idea of 
you know, evolving and being, you know, if you have an attachment to spirituality, then it's actually really counterintuitive because the whole goal is not to be attached to an, you know, to an outcome, right? So if there's a way to just create more love around your process and to be more patient with yourself in your process, probably a good accelerator to getting you there. And then finally, practice aligning with the higher frequencies, like what we talked about earlier. Um, make a choice to be more generous, to be more kind, to be more attentive as a listener, to compliment people more, to be more considerate. Steve, I know you have a, um, you want to quickly share your example of your, um, the way that you compliment people more because it's so sweet. I love this. You love this little story. I do. I do. I have my own version of it. I appreciate it. Oh, good. Talking to Verizon uh, about some issue I'm having with my billing on my phone. And the woman was a little angel from heaven. And uh, we had such a good time together. At the end of the conversation, I said, I would love to speak to your supervisor. And she got a little bit nervous. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, what I want to tell you, supervisor, is that you should get a very large raise. Mm -hmm. Because you were so thoughtful and so generous with your time. And I got all my questions answered, and I think you deserve an, a raise. So you, it's, can you imagine if we all complimented people all day, how in, individuals were all looking for it? I know. That's what it is. All of these really are. It's the golden rule. It sounds so cliche and sappy, but the more you can remember to treat people the way you want to be treated – the more beautiful the world really would be, you know, I think, and it can be fun. You know, there's a, my sister and I, a very long time ago, created a whole little mini movement between the two of us and some of our family members where we took flowers and started just handing them out on the street to people just to like a smile, taxi drivers and people that were, you know, on the street and varying um, for varying reasons, living on the street or walking by. And it was interesting to see who can receive and who can't, but that's a, that's a topic for another day. So just to do a recap of our action steps, um, first try to notice when you may be spiritually bypassing, when you might be apt to run from an experience in the name of being spiritual, as opposed to sitting with what might be unpleasant or a little bit more challenging coming from a place of your earthly life and your ego. The second would be to give yourself a little extra love, to have some compassion, temper the pressure that you might feel to be spiritually um, perfect. And finally, practice the idea of aligning with things that are higher frequencies. Be more generous, be more kind, listen more, pick one thing and just have a little bit of fun with it. So with that, we want to thank everybody for joining us for another fun show. We were talking during the break about how much we love doing the show, and it means so much to have all of you with us. So thank you for your participation. I you love can also... this show. I'm so glad. <laughs> that works. That works for me that you like that Good. you love the show. Unity Online Radio Podcast. You can find the show for posterity. Um, you can find us at One Soul Radio on Instagram, Facebook Live. I'm sorry, Facebook, One Soul Radio Podcast. And next show is next week, next Thursday, same time. Why is it so difficult to love myself? Something I think Mm. a bunch of people can relate to. So we look forward to seeing you then. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.